Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me today is 3MA founder, Troy Goodfellow. Troy, welcome to the show. It's nice to be here. It's almost miraculous that both of us made it. It really kind of is. Uh, it's been a kind of a crazy month for both of us. No, you've had a hell of a week. Yeah, I had to I had to bail out of our Age of Wonder show at the last minute and just like flip the car keys to uh, our friends Rowan and Fraser we did uh, a great at the job. last possible second. They did. They did a fantastic job uh, because I threw out my back uh, yet again. Um, ironically, this seems to happen only when I'm getting back in like healthy routines and like doing <laughs> exercise and stuff. That's almost always the moment yeah, where my body like does a hard shutdown. You're doing all the fencing stuff again and getting all hot and fit or something. Yeah, so, something like that, certainly. And then, of course, yesterday I just spent uh, most of the day in the ER uh, dealing with a health issue uh, with my girlfriend. So uh, today, I apologize. I'm a little scattered or a little slow. Uh, it's been. I- I'm definitely. I'm, I'm definitely rolling snake eyes pretty much across the board. <laughs> uh, 2014. Uh, but anyway, uh, today we welcome Paul Boyer, uh, the lead designer for Galactic Civilizations Three, and the art director over at Stardock. Paul, welcome to the show. Hello. So, Paul, what's with this broken ass game that I got codes for? Okay, there's no AI. <laughs> there's what, what? What are you? What are you trying to pull? What do you? What, what? What's? What's this build about? And how, how are people? And more seriously, how are how are people reacting to this uh, early preview of Galactic Civilizations Three? Which, up front, up front, it, it tells you this is not meant to be fun. Yeah. Well, it's really a mixed bag. I mean, we we get a lot of we've gotten a lot of grief over the price. Um, and that do, 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 do you want to explain do you want to, do you want to explain that for our listeners who might not be following this? Oh yeah, okay. Well, we uh, what we did when we originally announced Gals of 3, we announced a Founders Elite program and a Founders program. The Founders Elite is $99. You get all of the expansion packs and all the DLC um, and you also get to name a star and get your name in the credits. Um, and you get to be in the alpha. So then we also released the regular price one. Actually, it might have been a little discounted um, for people who... And they will be able to get into the beta, and they will get the game. And they won't get any expansions or anything like that. So when we uh, finally were able to start getting the alpha out to people, we were able to put it on Steam. We, our primary distribution method is through Steam these days, right? So we get it on there, and we offered the same deal... Um, for the founders, because it was just the alpha, there was not really an easy way for us to pre-order the beta and have two SKUs when only one of them had code and all this technical stuff. So we went, well, we'll just do the founders package. We mostly just want people who are really excited about the game. And um, and the good news is we got that. The bad news is that people don't realize that that was really our motive. And they see this price and they think we're just trying to gouge them or whatever. And... Uh, so that's kind of painful. But the the good news for me as the designer is that the people who are buying it are giving us really valuable feedback. I mean, I spend every day going into the Steam forums, going to the Galsip forums, reading feedback, trying to respond where I can. And it's all really good stuff at this point. And, and that price point in a weird way has really kind of filtered out the people who would have – like if we had – Actually, let's go crazy and say we put it out for less than the final price and people snap it up because they think it's a bargain. Then they get in there and it's an alpha. And our first thing they see is a big pop-up that says, this isn't going to be fun. Everything's broken. You know, they would have crucified us and essentially went, this game is stupid. I don't know why anybody would ever buy it. So um, it really worked out for me. I get a lot of good feedback. Um, I, I It's a, a pity that people you know, reacted that way. But in uh, two months, we're going to release the beta and we will have the regular price paint point at that t- point. And we're also going to get rid of the Founders Elite completely. That was really just to get these early adopters in, to get them involved. And um, and so that problem will hopefully kind of move away and we'll have uh, be able to move into the future. So because early access kind of interests me and, and the different ways that people use it uh, intrigues me, I'm just curious, looking at Galactic Civilizations 3 in its current state, um, what you have is really like, you know, you have a floor and maybe two walls of a house, but you haven't built the other two walls of the roof yet. And and I guess I, I'm kind of curious, like, 
how, how helpful is this sort of early test period, given that there are so many systems that have to be completed and plugged into the build? Uh, how, how much can you learn about the, um, you know, sort of the, the, the galaxy map and planetary management uh, when there's so many things that are going to have to hook in to the game as a whole uh, before, before you're ready to ship? Uh, what, what sort of, what, what is this test phase good for learning about and what, what can't it tell you? Well, there's, you know, obviously tons of things it can't tell us, but what it is telling us, I mean, the first thing, I mean, you could start with essentially, think of the alpha as like the foundation, the foundation of the game. Um, I mean, it's not visible to the player, but the first, the rest of the floor and the roof are in there. They're just not fleshed out or not ready to be exposed because the AI isn't there or we haven't gotten the graphics for something finished. Um, but what we really needed was the core game dynamics there, the very the foundation so that players can bang on them. The biggest one is always, whenever making a PC game, is does it run on everybody's computer? You know, um, does it explode? I mean, we the first day it came out, we found a video card error where um, there was a bunch of video cards, drivers that are reporting they support compute shaders, but they don't. So all of a sudden our game is spitting out a big black box or a big white box. And, you know, and we're able to fix that literally like that day because of this alpha. But we've been, you know, we've been banging on this thing in QA for months and we've never seen that. Um, so that's like the base level. And then the other things, and I mean, we've, we were already making changes based on alpha feedback. And a lot of more things that we were like, we're probably going to have to do this, but let's see what the alpha testers like. Um, like the Q, the planet Q switching to a single Q was kind of a, seemed like a really good idea, but we were all a little reluctant about it. Everybody was like, yes, this is how we should, how we should do it. And of course, a lot of the players were like, I can't make ships and build planets anymore. So we had already had a kind of an alternate plan. And once we got the feedback, we were able to go, oh, and now we can add this twist. And so we're bringing back certain things. Um, we wanted to see how people reacted to hexes, how people react to, um, uh, well, the resources aren't in or whatever, but terrain and stuff like that. The foundation is there. Um, we're actually, even before the beta, we'll be releasing more and more little pieces of the foundation because we need people to run into them and go, well, this is stupid, or I love this. And um, and the the more the audience cares about those little things, the better. I mean, we don't really we don't really want. I mean, I don't want to turn anyone away, of course, but we want people who who are probably Galsiv two fans or at least big turn based strategy games, big forex fans, to be looking at the game and going, "Hey, uh, what if you guys have you guys considered this?" And we can say yes or no or whatever, but we get that at the point where we can still make changes. And that is really what the alpha is for. When the beta comes out, even the beta, I mean, we actually have an internal debate sometimes of whether we should call the, the beta beta because somehow over the last, um, I kind of blame Google for this, I guess, you know, somehow beta nowadays means done but buggy, you know, and our beta, our first beta will not be done. And probably up to our like third beta will not be done, but we're going to have a bunch of betas. And, uh, and the, the beauty of this is we have like an entire year to polish this game and polish this game and make it solid and make it fun. And no one here is, is, well, as the designer, I can say, I'm not going, Oh no, what I'm doing is done. What's there is going to, is what it's going to be where we want that involvement we will say no a lot, but, you know, it's going to be fun to go through the whole process. So this is, um, I mean, Galaxy is probably the most successful running uh, science fiction empire building game since the Master of Orion games. And just the, the little bit of time I've spent on the Galaxy 3 uh, early access build, I mean, it's very clearly a Galaxy game. It looks like Galaxy has a lot of the same art at this point, has a lot of the same themes and the same races. So it's just like being back at home. But in the meantime, between Galsiv 2 and Galsiv 3, there have been a lot of empire-building space games that have come out. Some good, some bad, some too big. Uh, a lot of them you know, hitting the same notes over and over again. Um, 
Have you played many of these? And if so, is there any takeaway uh, that you're bringing to Galsiv 3 from the games that are out there now, lessons you've learned, things you've liked, trends you don't like? Well, there's always, you know, I try and, and at least get to touch pretty much every space base and a lot of the ground games. But uh, anything that's even in the Galsiv ballpark, I try and at least play. Um, the funny thing is that a lot of them, and I, I might be a little egotistical to say this, but a lot of them feel like they were like, I really liked Galsiv 2, but it didn't let me do this. I really liked Galsiv 2, but it didn't do this. Well, they should have done this in Galsiv 2. And it, and the way I I get that impression is because I did that. I do that all the time. I go, oh, in Galsiv 2, we should have done this. We should have done that. And then you see a lot of these games come out, and some of them you're like, well, now I know why why we didn't do that. <laughs> Cause, or I'm glad we didn't do that because it doesn't work or it adds too much micromanagement or, or now there's this level and this mini game. A lot of the, a lot of people request uh, big elaborate tactical battles. And it's something we heavily considered. We try to come out with different ways to do it. And it really boils down to um, you need to make the core game true to Galsiv. That's what our, our goal is. And if anything, I know we get a little grief right now um, for people saying it, it looks like Galsiv 2.5. Um, but that is kind of on purpose. So at this point, we get the foundation, we get the game in, we get everything working. We want it to be as fun as Galsiv 2 with better technology, better screens, better ships, better everything, bigger maps. You know, Then we add more layers. We add strategic resources. We add planet adjacency. We add uh, interstellar terrain and black holes and rifts in space and different types of trade and then new races. So at this point, we're you know you're literally seeing the foundation of the game. And the foundation, when when people say it looks too much like Galsiv, it's actually kind of a compliment, Galsiv too, because we're starting with that foundation. And this is literally an alpha. This is probably the most polished alpha. Stardock has ever done, which is not, you know, really bragging rights, but it's great. It's a f solid people are like, well, it plays just like Galsif 2. Well, yeah, it's the alpha. We're going to add tons of new things, but we have to make sure that the heart of the game stays the same. We didn't want to essentially, even the things like the single queue, even that was like, oh, this is a little, this is going to break things that people like. And, and, and as a game designer, you're like, but it's not necessary. It's not necessary to have that. And then it's just, no, but it was fun to have. And that's that's the hardest part, is is keeping those fun things in, um, well polishing and and changing. So something that's uh, caught my eye in the in the preview, at least, uh, it, made, it made it kind of hard to judge, uh, you know, where the alpha is headed, because technology is so clearly tied to ship customization and the type of military you're going to be building, the type of civilization you're going to build. It's uh, your, your tech tree, unlike civilization, which it was just kind of spider web together and sort of converges at certain points, uh, different technologies. This seems very much like the paths continue to fork apart as you advance down the tech tree. And uh, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm just curious where... Um, you know, do you, do you see how, how do you, how do you see yourself handling things like um, balancing those decisions? Like, if you keep going in industry military, industry military, uh, you're going to be letting go letting go of a lot of like you know scientific infrastructure decisions, growth decisions. Uh, and you're going to fall farther and farther behind that be behind on that stuff. Uh, and I guess what interests me is is just that seems like it cre creates uh, eventually some very very asymmetric matchups, which is exciting, but also seems really tough for uh, game balance from a game balance standpoint. I guess I'd love to hear you talk through that trade-off and your approach to your and approach to tech. Well, first off, that's essentially what I'm going to be doing for the next five years of my life, as long as this <laughs> is balancing these things. But we are we do have several approaches. I mean, Galsiv two even Galsiv three is is notoriously hard to balance because of the way ships are made. Um, we literally, like, you unlock a new type of laser and a new ship, or at least a modified version of your existing ship, will show up to build. Now, and now we have these specializations where, like, but you, your lasers are smaller than his lasers, so you can maybe fit more. And so your ships could be completely 
different than his with the same techs and stuff like that. So, bal or or you know, he's got missiles, you've got lasers. Balancing that stuff is really hard. That is essentially what I get to spend all of my time doing. Um, we do have some. Our, my job is not really so much as to keep the player from doing something. I mean, not, to stop the player from doing something stupid, from going, oh, I'm just going to research lasers, and then the other guy researches something that can kill you because he's been spending time on research. Um, I, you should have the right to screw up and die. My, my job is to make sure that you know you're screwing up and you're about to die. So to handhold the player, to make sure the player knows, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that or, you know, and then we are adding, and one of the things that will address this, exactly the case you're talking about where I just, all I care about is manufacturing and weapons, manufacturing weapons, manufacturing weapons. We're introducing technological ages. We haven't really locked down how many. There'll probably be three or four and uh, you won't be able to research all the way up a tree into the next age until you have reached a certain amount of research points, which will essentially force you to research other branches as well. You'll still be able to specialize. It won't be like, well, you can't go up until you've gotten everything or anything like that. But it will essentially add a, a level of flow to the game that will keep you from just flying up one particular tree and killing everybody. Um, and that is also will be the avenue for our technological victory. If you can research enough points to win the technological victory, that will unlock a fourth age, which will have, you know, just one tech in it or whatever that is like the Ascension tech, or it might be four techs that equal the Ascension tech or something like that. So yeah, we, we watch that, but mostly the hard, we, we add, we're adding a lot of things to help us balance, but the biggest thing really is just to essentially make sure the player always knows where they stand, knows when they're making something, making a crazy gamble. You know, we don't want people to just go, well, I should be able to just do this and then die. You know, How difficult is that in a science fiction game? Because a lot of the text, this is a problem with every science fiction empire building game, even going back to the really great ones like Alpha Centauri, you know, the technologies, I mean, new economic efficiency type thing, it's just gobbledygook, right? It's 10% plus to this and 20% plus to this, and it's given some sci-fi type name, um, but it adds bigger numbers, so it looks kind of cool. So a player is going to go chasing down the cool number path, because, hey, I can get to this in like eight turns, because I'm specializing in it, instead of 12 turns to this new branch of technology that my guys kind of suck at for some reason or other. Um, communicating that to players is difficult in general, letting them know, hey, you might not want to do this, you know, instead of, because you want to give them the, like say, the freedom to screw up, but also the, uh, you're sure you want to do that type thing. How difficult is that in building in a world-building type thing, because Galsiv isn't, it's full of nice character, nice nice races, full of character and personality, but it's not exactly a, a known entity, and most science fiction worlds aren't known entities. So what's the challenge there as a game designer? Because uh, in many ways, in sci-fi, you're also a game writer when you're the designer. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard in particular um, because a lot of what you have to both keep things interesting and keep them simple. Like if you throw in like this tech has got some science fiction name and some really crazy science fiction name, but all it is is plus four to research, you know, that, that kind of becomes a grind, but you also have to keep those things simple so that players know, Oh, I need to go up that tree. Um, a lot of the times we can essentially gate, um, these decisions by uh, by what unlocks. Like, oh, well, I've gotten to this point and I really can't do much. I'm I'm starving to death. Oh, I never researched any of these uh, farming things, or my populations aren't growing. Oh, you know, I really need some medical assistance. Our goal is to essentially give you notifications, give you really clear. One of the things where, I mean, you could, if you've played the Alpha at all, you'll notice that we're starting to put in some rather elaborate tooltips and that's going to be a, a major part of the game is essentially making sure that when you select something it says this was good for this and bad for this or you know 
and um, and then we'll have notifications say, hey, this planet is unhappy because of this, and we'll try and essentially help the player make good decisions, but without stopping them from making, you know, choosing to make bad decisions. Let's talk a little bit about planetary management, because usually I find this gets to be a bit of a drag in... Uh in space games uh like for me like i I don't know you felt about a troy but for me like when i was playing endless space Mm -hmm. there was a point not too far into the game where i was just so done managing my colonies like i completely checked out of that just because it was like kind of built like just fill up the build queue and just walk away um well because the building decisions were very 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 rarely interesting there was a queue you could set and you never felt you had to intervene yeah it's very cookie cutter colonies right yeah. Whereas yeah. I, what I kind of dig in Galactic Civilizations 3 is that there's kind of this um, territory optimization game you have to play on every single planet. And there's all these little synergies uh, between the various buildings you create. It just seemed like a really uh, easy and fun way to take what, what could and probably should uh, be, you know, almost boring and repetitive because you're just laying down colonies again and again and turned it into this real question of like, what do I want this planet to be? And then how can I min-max the hell out of it for that, for that role? And before you answer, Paul, to add on top of that, when you settle a new planet, you're giving this, this three-tier decision, which generally comes down to short-term gain, medium-term gain, long-term gain. And it's, do I, do I want this to be a super planet with a lot of spaces open? Or am I okay just grabbing these credits or research or whatever right now and just turning this into an outpost or something? So from the very beginning, when you start the colonization process, you have this sub-choice of how much space do I even want to optimize here? Well, planet management is one of those things that is really, really kind of an Achilles heel. And because it's super, super important to the game... Um, it's it's really tempting to literally turn it to something super simple. Uh, you know, planets are... I was thinking about... I had an idea for a, a mobile version of Galsev where planets had no management at all. You'd essentially... It had essentially what we have is now in Galsev 2 with the slider. You just say, I want all of this doing research. I want all... And that's it. That's management of the planet. But we don't want that in Galsev 2. We also don't want... One of the biggest problems and dangerous things that we run into when we think about this is... is we want to turn it too much into a mini game, but you don't want that. Even like, say you're playing endless space and you're 400 turns in. If it was a super great addictive game, but you had to do it on all 50 planets you own, you're going to start going crazy. So, um, we really kind of have struck this balance and I'm pretty happy with the way it's going, um, with the adjacency. So you essentially, take that planet, you have to make an ideological choice, which goes into a whole nother system of the game. But yeah, you get a bonus. That can kind of point you the direction you want to go on the planet. Plus, different planets will have different bonuses. Like, if it's a bread basket, it's good for you you just automatically get higher population, so you might want to make this an economic hub or whatever. So, you, you get all these bonuses, you make a decision, then you open the planet, and oh, look, there's this planetary feature that boosts production. If I put a fusion power plant there and three power plant and three factories around that, I can get this crazy adjacency bonus on there. And now all of a sudden the shapes of the continents matter. Um, the terraforming matters. We're changing terraforming to where you will literally be able to unlock a terraforming tech and you can just go, I'm going to put a new tile right here next to this so even if it's a bad area say say i i build something in in uh georgia mexico and south america now i take a terraforming tech and turn the gulf you know um turn cuba into a usable tile which is no offense to cuba and uh now all of a sudden i've got this amazing adjacency spot so we're gonna essentially make it this really simple almost tetris like game where you can really quickly, when you plan your planet, you go and you go, boom, 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 boom. I'm getting the best thing I can. Um, I'm going to come back and upgrade this later and get it even better. And then you actually literally can just leave that planet forever if you want. I mean, you're going to want to, oh, you know, later in the game, maybe, well, nowadays I don't need research. So I'm going to go down and manually tell this thing to focus on research while everybody else is doing manufacturing. So we'll let people play with that. But the goal is to have a rich 
little quick experience. You know, you can go in there in 30 seconds or a minute, go feel like you did something like what you did to that planet matters and yet not have to go back to that planet over and over and over to make sure that it's still, you know, perfect because those adjacencies will change with the upgrades. They'll stay the same. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's only working at about half of what my goal is for it right now. I need to adjust the bonuses and the new terrain systems coming in. So what, how they're actually getting laid out is completely broken right now, but in the beta, that'll all be finalized. So it's very exciting. I'm, I'm really happy with the adjacency system. The only concern I have with it is that at a glance, it doesn't look very different from Gals of 2. So people don't appreciate it. They go, it just looks like Gals of 2. But it is a completely different experience now. Troy, um, I think you, you spent a little more time with with, with Gals of 2. And I'd love to hear you speak to uh, that point of this being Gals of 2.5 or Gals of 3. And what, I mean, you know, you've had some time to think about. What, what have you been hoping to see from, from Gals of 3? Um, I really haven't had much thought. I mean, I, I guess I'm expecting Yelts if they I knew when one was coming because there's there's always a three coming. You never stop at two. It's just the rule. Even Master for Ryan went to three. <laughs> yeah, sure it enough, shouldn't but have, it did. But it did. So I didn't have any thought of three. But I mean, this is very at this point. I mean, just mostly just looking at the game. It's clearly the the art, the aesthetic, except for the hex. The hexes are different. Um, so that's clearly something new, uh, but it does. It feels it plays just like Galsif Two in many ways. Now you can see there are going to be room for more changes. Like there, this is an alpha build. There is so much that is not in place. That's not complete. The diplomacy is barely there at this point. It'd be interesting to see what happens at that point. That's what true. is there is hidden. Yeah. So you, yes, it is yeah. barely so, there. I mean, yeah. I, so I don't know what I'm doing. It's experiment, just poking things. Um, so at this point, it's really, that's where the real fun of a Galsiv game is for me. I mean, I don't have, I don't care much about building new ships. I mean, I, I build them because I have to. And this is something you and Paul talked about uh, last year on a show about how why why is everybody building ships in these 4x games i just want to i want to build an empire i don't want to design the enterprise every time i discover a new tech uh, this is a big part of the this is one of the major tropes of empire building space games so we're just never going to get away from it and i'm at peace with that uh unfortunately uh but it's there's the the, the the, the, the planet development, the adjacency thing, which to make it clear to our listeners if they don't quite understand, uh, if you build buildings of similar nature to each other, they can. there's a synergy between them. So there's a feedback between them and they become more powerful, uh, more productive. So you can build factories around each other and all the factories become more productive. It's a nice way to maximize the space you have. That's quite it's quite quite clever and quite neat. And that does feel quite different from what was going on in Galsif three. Galsif two. The thing about Galsif two remember is that it really didn't come into its own until two expansions in. It was a great game yeah. when it came out. I gave it a very, very positive review uh back in the day, uh when it came out. But it changed a lot between launch and second expansion were there two expansions or three there was two expansions right, two, expansions. two two large expansions and they were huge and they changed a lot uh within the game um and i imagine there's going and a lot of that stuff's going to show up in galsiv 3 they're not going to be starting from the galsiv 2 vanilla model i suspect you're you're they're no, going no. to you you are going to have differences between the races and what they can build and there's going to be a lot oh, more yeah. so more, more than ever, you know, is, is the plan. So, so, but at this point, you know, I can understand people jumping into the early access game and thinking, "Wow, this is all it's going to be." And if they know anything about development, they know, of course, it's not all it's going to be. It's going to be a lot bigger than this and broader than this. But it it feels very familiar, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, the familiar is a good thing. It meant that I wasn't being scared away by new colors or new panels, or, I mean. Do... Well, we get a we get a real uh, kind of backlash. I mean, both we get, oh, you changed this, you changed the thing I love, and then the, oh, this is the same as Galsum Two. <laughs> it's very frustrating. I mean, people like they they like they like comfort, uh, and but they don't like, but they also like new. As long as it's not too new. Well, hey, I will say on the ship front, we uh, we are working on uh, and finally got it working um, 
a new system that will build ships for you. And, and, and the hardcore people, the people like me, will build their enterprises. Um, and they can even then keep their enterprises as a template and use them every game. But uh, if, I, if we do our job right, you will never feel compelled to that you have to build a ship to get the best you. Yay! That's my goal for you. Matter of fact, you, we got to make sure you are on the test <laughs> list once that's working. Does it please him? Yes. Okay, we're good, you know. You know, oddly enough, like looking at the tech tree, I think this is one of the few games where I might actually be at peace with some ship customization just because it's clear. Like, I haven't seen the ship building interface, but it's clear just from what technologies are out there that to the theme of asymmetry, there are so many different directions you can go with ship design, like what defensive technologies are you using? What, like, what way, in what ways does firepower manifest itself on your ship? and how that's going to match up with the choices other people make could actually make for some really interesting like first encounter scenarios where you know oh god we've you know basically we've come across our exact hard counter and now i've got to go and crash research you know something else so i can actually right. do damage to these guys there's some interesting things there that i like as opposed to what's always driven me crazy about shipbuilding which is just Okay, take guns one, put in guns two. Oh, it takes up two slots. Take off an armor point. Right. That just, you know, that makes me just want to, you know, open the airlock doors. Yeah, but then there's decision paralysis. And that's kind of my concern with all of these uh, types of things. Is I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying building in, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to really love that, that the counter building and, oh, my God, how do we get past the Klingon shields type thing? Uh, with the assumption being first, you know, the, it's going to be a different Klingon shield every time you run into it. Uh, so the AI is going to be surprising every now and then, which because if if it's if the AI is going to follow the same sort of oh it's the Drangen, uh, we know the Drangen are heavy lasers, so you better have some count counter for that. As long as there's variety there, that 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 would be a that's going to be a positive thing. Um, and as long as there's you don't get the paradox of choice where well crap I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, our goal, my goal with the new system that is literally as we speak being finished um and is being tested and it's pretty cool is that each we will have i think there's 29 28 base ships um depending on hull size specialization and and then each of those could have multiple options and the as you unlock stuff it will literally go through and say he's got this this and this and this is that make a better corvette okay and then uh, you get a corvette mark ii and then you unlock the uh, beam augmentation thing, and now you get the Corvette P, which or has like uh, shield penetration, and th so you don't have to do anything. And then if the player, but for those of us who want to design our crazy ship, or more importantly, in a weird way, your ships that aren't balanced, because mm -hmm. that's harder to find. Right. It's like I don't care. I just want life support, life support, life support, life support, life support, colony module, engine, go. That's all I want. You know, the AI is not going to go, oh, you know, somebody's going to want a completely unarmed ship with no sensors. And, you know, so that is really what optimization, that's what ship design is for, is for letting people make really personalized ships. You know, the, the fast, quick, cheap ship or whatever, or the super laser dreadnought deathmobile, and they call it that, you know, whereas I'm going to have the cruiser and the, you know, the battleship and the corvette and the sniper and all these class ships that will actually kind of smartly um upgrade themselves and and then also one of the things brad is talking about doing is having the ai uh mine the the steam store for ships to go hey these people thought of this really clever ship. that would be that would be very cool <laughs> yeah yeah he's got all kinds of high up plans for that and a lot of it is 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 still just plans because you know we have to build the community before we can start gathering data like that. But uh, it should be very cool. Like, make the AI smarter is always uh, one of our highest priorities. So let's talk a little bit about what's not in the game right now, and that's going to be the AI and the other races. And it sort of seems like because there's all these 
just from my perspective, there's there's a there's a lot to manage. There's a lot for me to consider. You know, how do I want the synergies to work on these planets to wring the most out of my productive space? How do I want my my ships to come together? What's the other guy using? Like, how's he handling his, his approach to tech? Uh, there's there's a lot of you know, unlike, I suppose, a game like Civilization, which you can do a little more of a basic optimization pattern, right? Teach the AI to play this game well, and it can go through certain like it can go through certain routines, and it'll be fine. It'll be a pretty viable opponent without having to necessarily interpret specifically what it's seeing from you. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be an option here. It sort of seems like the way Galsiv 3 is um, constructed kind of invites a difficult... AI problem uh, or a set of AI problems. It certainly does. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because we Galsiv generally gets praise for its AI. It's a very, um, it's you know, it's like oh my god, the AI is amazing. And then then we'll get a, a post. The AI is stupid. I just did this and this and this and tricked it. And you know, and there's the the problem with any AI system, especially the more flexible it is, which Galsiv. Two and Galsif three even more so is got so many options and so many things to know about um, that I mean I will I can probably say the AI will do nothing but get better until the last expansion or last DLC ships where uh, it's, it's one of the things where we can you can always fine tune it. Um, Brad is really good at this. He knows how it works. One of the perks to keeping the system similar to Galsiv 2 is we can tackle a lot of the same problems the same way. And then also we can go, on Galsiv 2, people got around this this way. And then they figure out, and we can figure out ways to stop that or take advantage of it. Or even if, if we're lucky, taunt the player for doing it. You know, things like that. Another another thing I just wanted to talk a little bit about because we we've, we've talked about it on uh, you know previous interviews of course is that just politically it's kind of an interesting position where um, you're your lead designer on on the game and Brad is working on the game as well but it's also very much Brad's baby it's his it's his company and Brad is a guy with um, a a lot of opinions uh, Brad has <laughs> uh, opinions uh, coming out in all directions uh, and they're all very intense and I'm, I'm just kind of uh, interested like you know let's have a little kiss and tell uh, you know what's what's it like uh, managing Brad as another developer on on this game well, you know, when I first came on, it was kind of terrifying. And it wasn't really because Brad is particularly, you know, uh, uh, mean or, or anything like that. It's just that I didn't know how to react because it was his baby. He would say, well, why are you doing that? You know, why are you combining this screen together? That's silly. And then I would just immediately go, okay, I'm sorry. And, I'd, and, then, and then I'd have to, then I'd sit around for a week and go, I liked it better my way. And then I'd explain to him, I'd say, well, this is what I was after. He'll go, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. That's a good idea. You know. But then again, a lot of times he'll come in and say, well, you know what you should do is this, and it'll solve some problem I had. Um, it's, it's very, very it's, – it's actually turning out to be a great collaboration. Every once in a while, I have a little panic attack, you know, because – it, he does know the game so well. He knows, but he he knows Galsiv two. He knows Galsiv one and OS two Galsiv, and all these things are in his brain. And a lot of the mistakes I make, he's already made. So he can just go, oh, you're by the way, that won't work. And then I'll have to sit around. And a lot of times he'll do that, and I'll go and I'll go home and I'll ponder it and I'll do some tests and I'll find a way to fix the problem. And therefore we get a better result rather than me just doing something that you guys would be, be bitching at me about in a year. It's much better to have Brad bitch at me now about. So it's, it's a, it's a interesting, like I said, at first it was a little scary, but now that I understand, um, you know, that as long as I have good reasons, I can, I can pretty much make the game I want. Um, I'm, I'm very happy. And also it's just nice. It's nice to, in a weird way. He's a really great security blanket. I wish, I do wish he sometimes wouldn't go out and promise features to people, but you know, I don't think I'm ever going to stop that one from happening. No, but most of them are things we already want to do, but it's like, Oh, you know, I, you know, I mentioned that we were going to be able to do this thing. And then like the next day it's like on the founder's fault. 
or, you know, a screenshot I make and everybody's, you know, now committed to it. And it was still, you know, a theoretical or whatever. So, but overall it's, it's very fun. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I think just from the last time I talked to you, I know, you know, I'm a much better designer than I was. And it's in, in that a lot of that is thanks to having Brad involved. Tell me a little bit about uh, just the the tech behind Gal Civ Three because I know that Stardock has basically drawn a line in the sand where it's sixty four bit now from here on. Thirty uh, two bit is dead, done. Uh, you know, bury it. And I love to hear you talk about what's that. What's that getting us? What do, what does the switch to sixty four bit only uh, get us? And how's that how's that going to manifest itself in the final build of the game? For for the record, I was uh, I, I was playing it and it didn't run particularly well on my machine. Uh, probably because uh, I've gone to a high res monitor before I really have the card for it, and I think that was causing kind of a major problem. <laughs> what what was the resolution you're running at? Were you doing a four K or uh, no 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 fourteen forty. Oh, uh, but well, that's not that bad. Not that bad. Should, just, should run fine on that. <laughs> yeah, and and yet it was just a little bit uh, chunky. Okay. So, oh, that's not good. Well, the, get to work. Uh, but, <laughs> but, to, Tell, but to that send point, send in like, your video card so we know which one you're doing. All right. Uh, no, yeah, to, no. I see. Your, I know your point. Well, first off, the alpha is so not optimized because. Like I said, we've spent all this time putting in the foundations of things, you know, a lot of which the players aren't even seeing yet. We're, we've got like, you know, trade is in and all these things are in but not hooked up or not exposed or not polished. And um, so we've been spending time getting in the gameplay foundation so that I can spend the next year making that fun and fixing it and using this feedback that I'm getting to make the game better. Um, so, but while I'm doing all that, that foundation is going to be getting optimized and optimized and optimized. I mean, right now the ships are not not uh, batched together, not welding. Um, all the ships that are in there are temporary. The asteroids are all individual rocks. It's, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess graphically as far as optimizations. We, one of the reasons why the game is currently being tested on small maps is because we can't really guarantee performance on bigger maps but we intend once everything is optimized we're going to have maps that are twice the size of galsif 2's largest map which you know could take three weeks to beat so um that's what we want that's the goal of the 64 bit is to be able to have these giant maps with with zillions of ships and zillions of planets and not have to worry about the game grinding to a halt. All of the this performance problems you're seeing now are not at all because of the 64-bit or because we're we're not using it. We literally have not been able to optimize those things because we're mostly focused on getting the gameplay layer in and working right now. So, yeah, over the next, uh, you'll see substantial changes to uh, performance, and we're just going to keep banging on that drum until the day we ship because you know it's super important you know like i'm always i'm hesitant to do this because it's kind of like well here's what i want to say i'm taking advantage of the fact that like you know i i host the show and i get to be like have access to you during the development so just consider yourself a founder because everybody else is doing the same thing so all right cool so consider the show my my forum post um I, I don't know. So I was looking at the interface, and uh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about this, Troy, because mm-hmm. we both have strong opinions about like strategy game interfaces, and uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where it's like if it doesn't, it, you know, it can be hard to qualify like what you are, what's holding you back from it, but you know when something doesn't feel right. right. Am I crazy, or does the interface here just feel a little bit? Um, for instance, it's it's use of like the left mouse button and sort of underutilization of the right mouse button. Like it all feels a little bit uh, old fashioned in certain ways. Am I am I crazy there? Um, I think that you're. Well, I don't know if you're talking to him, but uh, but I think that these are valid concerns. Um, a lot of the UI interface right now is uh, essentially how did we do it in Galsive Two, and then we we're going to make it better. Um, we, you know, we're going to keep right click for move and things like that, but we were, you know, we have all these crazy, um, tooltips we're doing, but there's no reason why we couldn't essentially get modal pop-ups, you know, on right click and things like that. Um, and those are ideas we're playing with a lot, a lot because we've gotten this feedback from founders already of, well, how come I can't just right click on this ship? 
And it's like, well, because right-click means move. Well, if I'm not trying to move, why can't I get information when I right-click on it? Well, there's no reason. You know, now the question is, what is the relevant information? What is helpful? Could we put the commands there? Um, you know, because right now you have to go down and hit command yep. right. and then survey. So you make it, you right-click on him, and then that little thing pops up, and you say survey, you know, and that seems like a great idea. Now the question is, is that the best use of it? That's what we have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Rob. I was finding, like, uh, e e e I forgot you had to eject ships. And I, oh, that is going away. That that is, oh, thank God. So I going away. I, I apologize that got into the alpha. <laughs> thank you. Because I was like, how do I kept, there's a ship list. Oh, I should, I should just click on the ship yeah. and move the ship. And tell them to go somewhere. Why can't I just yeah. click on the ship and move it? It's selected. I got to the point where I was scared to send them to planets. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is totally the fact that uh, we got the, 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 the stationing in. We were working on other things, and we're all Gauss of Two players. We're used to the stupid eject, and we just forget about it. But it's like it is a huge it's, – it's like it will be in the beta for sure. You'll be essentially be able to just select the ship and send it out, to, and that way you don't have to go, oh, which direction is it going to come out or any of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, that is, that is oh, long gone. Uh, yes. Alpha. Did I mention this? Oh, yes, alpha? of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the best example of something that, you know, you expect – that movement would be something early in a build, right? Selection and yeah. movement is, you know, pretty straightforward. I mean, this is a, but, you know, the idea of, you know, left to like right move is just so standard. And being able to use a context-sensitive right mouse button is just, you know, it's, you get so used to it the last, when did Galsif 2 come out? 2006. So we're talking, and other expansions yeah. since then, like 2008 maybe. So we're talking like a half a decade of plus of you know changes and expectations and it's going back to holy crap i forgot that this did this and um so oh no i play galsev 2 now and i i, I cringe oh so many this. games that cannot i'm so like how, that cannot how can i tell i can't tell what this does anymore or i open a planet and go placing this factory next to this capital does nothing and you know <laughs> things like that um but yeah no we're we will be working on on polishing up the ui our our primary focus with the ui right now is mostly feedback so that is why some of those things have not been implemented it's mostly what do people need to know when they're mousing over this or when they click this um because that was one of our biggest problems with galsif 2 is is knowing things w was you had to be a master before you understood what was going on. Whereas we want to hit you in the face with that data, but also not overwhelm you with text. So that's where our balance in the UI right now, it's where most of our focus is. Uh, but usability things are, are certainly not being forgotten. It's just, we have a relatively small team. So when we get to the, uh, so what, what are we looking at for the beta? Well, um, I think that the uh, it's all been publicly announced, so I can probably speak. Um, we're going to have um, a new planet system in, or not by planet system. I mean the final, uh, like with new terrain. The planets will look right. They they'll be generated right. Adjacency will mean the right th will be getting balanced. Um, the new planet screen, new uh, uh, sorry, uh, new surfaces, new worlds, all that. So the planet screen major overhaul one of the biggest things that we're doing gameplay or to the that the classical classic else two player will appreciate is we're actually going to make it so starports are um no longer built on a planet you will be able to build a constructor on a planet and even that might change but you'll build a constructor on a planet which will then appear in orbit like always and then you can put that constructor anywhere and say build starport and then that will be your starport you click that that is where you pick the ships you're building and then you'll be able to say i want mars and earth to both send their production points to this starport so you can actually then have little empires founding one starport and crank up the so you can crank, crank things out faster. You could build a starport on the you know far side of the galaxy and power it by everyone here. There'll be a, there'll be you know the further away, the less efficient it'll be with the points. Um, but that way, players will be able to go back to, you know, managing their planet, and managing their starport. And another nice side effect is this: is that if you have a really well balanced planet, 
you don't have to go back to it every time you want to build a ship. You just go to the starport, and that starport might be cranking out for four planets. Um, then, uh, so that's going to be a big thing. We're also going to make it so there'll be a separate little slider under the production wheel where you uh, you can say, I want all my money going to the social projects or going to military projects, which will be just the starports. And if you don't have a starport attached to a planet, it'll just go into things. So no money's wasted. It was one of the things that we were trying to avoid from Galsiv 2 was any sense of waste. You never want to feel like, oh, I didn't optimize this right. You know, you'll always be spending your points. Um, let's see, the, the ship designer will be coming in, um, which is a big deal. Uh, the template ships, the blueprint system, those are big things that we really need people playing with and banging on. Um, there's much more. Oh, completely new tech tree, completely new ideology tree. Um, I don't know if we'll have the entire tree lock unlocked in the beta, but we will at least have two ages instead of just one. Um, so, you know, we're essentially going to roll out more and more. And there's a bunch of, I mean, hundreds of little things that I can't uh, place. Diplomacy won't be in yet. Um, you'll still be, you'll still essentially be in a state of war. Um, beta two, I think, is where we have diplomacy and trade and all those things coming in. So the next one will be essentially let's make. Oh, and of course we're probably gonna we should be able to have in um, black holes and resources. That's a big one that's coming in the beta. All the resources um, being able to b use terrantium to build better ships and et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's a, those are big game-changing dynamics that will be coming in the beta. And, uh, yeah, so that sounds pretty close to, uh, you know, almost feature complete, right? It's just if the main thing sounds like it doesn't, it doesn't run out to the end of the game is designed, but it sounds like most of the major features will be in that. Well, like I said, most of the features will be there. Whether yeah. we will be exposing them to the player is the question because we don't want people focusing on things that haven't been able to be polished. We want them banging on the things that do work so we can find out whether they're fun or whether they break or what all the crazy exploits people come up with. Um, and, and then even once diplomacy is in, there's still fleet battles, you know, things like that, that will have to come in. And then that should leave us with another six months or so. And we'll then be, polishing and i'm sure we'll find some killer feature we have to have that we'll sneak in and yeah. you know so there's all kinds of we're, we're gonna polish this game till we're really proud of it and uh i want it to be the best calcif which i don't think there's any question that it will be the best calcif ever how involved are you going to get with the uh the fleet battles just out of curiosity um well we we uh currently we've actually gone through like four systems now for how we want to do fleet battles uh technically what is happening in the math right now is is what we're going to do the question is how um so like when you fight a battle right now everything is actually happening it's just happening instantly in in resolve but um we're uh we're playing with different ideas primarily what will happen is you will we're still debating whether you will have any thing to do at the beginning of the battle whereas you but depending on how you set up your ships they will counter other ship behaviors so you'll be able to say i want this ship to be an escort ship and this ship is an assault ship and this is a support ship and so you're essentially doing almost like a ship design but you're doing a fleet design by the way you put together your fleet and then your fleet will then interact and play now there will be different types of support um so you can essentially send in a ship that's supporting the hit points of other things. Um, one of the things we're playing with is having the the idea of you being able to quickly, at the beginning of each map, assign these bonuses from the support ship out to individual ships. Um, these are all great ideas. I don't want to commit to anything until uh, we're, we're really banging on it and testing it because dude an hour after the show goes up brad's gonna put in the blog yeah well <laughs> well no he already he's <laughs> this is it is all already out there i think i hope but um the, those things are you know it's essentially all about fleet management what we don't want is to turn it into a tactical game because 
God knows you're playing a giant galaxy. You've got 50 planets and 50 fleets, and each of those fleets is 15 ships, and you're, you know, having these battles every turn. You know, do you want to stop and go, hey, you scout, fly over here, and you do this, and you do that. We want, and even if, no matter what we do, there'll be like an auto-resolve feature, because we really want you to craft your fleet like you're crafting a ship, and that is what will make it special. And then, of course, the fleet battles, the playback and all that will all be super sexy, um, you know, hopefully a lot more sexy than Galsiv 2, and that will be fun. Um, but yeah, we want to keep it simple, but also give the player more control over the battle. We don't want to go down the avenue of of creating a mini game that we have to, or not a not even a mini game. Mini game's okay. We don't want to create a whole separate game. We don't want gratuitous space battles to suddenly pop up in the middle of your game. So, Troy, out of curiosity, despite the mm-hmm. warning on the front of the game, did you enjoy your time with the Alpha? It was like visiting an old friend who you know is going to get better. <laughs> a friend in the hospital. A friend in the hospital, yeah. Uh, no, a friend, who, a, fr- a friend who's learning new skills. Someone going to the first piano recital. How's that? Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. It's good to see them trying some new things. I'm looking forward to putting some more hours into it. When it is, it's not near... I'm not going to say it's not fun yet. I think it's a bit of a strong warning. I did enjoy some of my time. But, yeah, there's just not a lot of AI interaction, so I could go around and experiment with things and poke things, which is fun. That's one of my favorite parts of the game is just the exploring and the poking and the seeing what different things did. Now, I can do that uh, in the alpha. I know that when the game comes out, I'll have, you know, real enemies to build, to, to defeat. Um, but at this point, it's certainly... Uh, when the beta comes out, I'd recommend people at least paying attention to it um, at this point. But, I mean, I because I've been a big fan of the Galaxy series for a long time. remains to be seen um, how this one turns out. Uh, but I am looking forward to it. One of the things that you can do now that is kind of fun, if you have a friend, if you two, like, knew somebody who knew somebody, um, if you try playing the uh, multiplayer, because then you really get a, you can actually get a much better sense of, of how the game is progressing because I've played a couple people online and they're just like, and I'm like, Oh crap. He just totally end around me and did this thing. And, and, uh, and it's all, and I, I already started getting that. Well, now I'm having fun and I know that half this stuff is broken, you know? So that's very cool. Um, Good. it's even fun a little bit just to play flat out essentially like Sim galaxy, you know, it, like I said, I get people who report in, I crashed the game after 618 turns. It's like, uh, you played for 618 turns with with no opponents? And, you know, I find that fascinating. Yeah, I was pretty, I got pretty philosophical about the entire thing. I mean, playing, like, it was really just like, it was a lot like playing the first Rome Total War, really. And, like, it, it put tactical battles in, and you basically got the same level of AI engagement. <laughs> uh, so it was, like, I've, I've had a lot of experience playing games like this. and Well, that's pretty sad for Rome Total War, considering our AI does nothing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> That was that was he's not a fan of the first. That was that that was the hallmark of of creative assembly games of a certain era. Um, But yeah, it it was it was interesting. It was like one of those games. I kept coming to points in the alpha where I was like, "Huh, that's going to be interesting." As soon as they build the system, yeah, as soon as it does something, hooks into that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But but as it is, it looks uh, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of things that I was left sort of thinking about that I kind of want to try. What I'm most interested in, I guess, right now, as I come away from this, is just um, the approach to the tech tree. And how that's mm-hmm. how those those series of like stark decisions are are going to play out over the course of a long game because it seems like it has real potential for some really complicated late game interactions uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, we have uh, we have some. I'm actually as we speak, literally as we speak, I have been uh, secretly working on the tech tree, and uh, <laughs> and it is uh, it is getting a, quite an overhaul. We've actually broke things up. We're we're moving some stuff around, um, but one of the things I'm really excited about is the uh, 
the specialization techs. Um, we're still working on trying to make sure that it's really clear how they work to the player. But you can literally go up a tree of lasers, and I could go up the same tree, and depending on which specializations you pick, we have completely different weapons. Yours might be heavier and have the same range, or mine might be cheaper. And so essentially it really affects all of a sudden it affects how the ships are built. Like all of a sudden I have more lasers, but yours have longer range. Or I have a bigger, better ship, but it costs me way too much. So now all of a sudden I have to focus on economics. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of that specialization. Um, and we're going to keep playing with that until we're happy with how it's coming out. But I think that will be a really interesting twist to the tech tree that, that no game has ever really tried in specifically this way. All right, so I think that'll do it for our discussion of Galactic Civilizations Three, and uh, obviously, I think we're we're all keen to see a lot more and revisit it once uh, once there there are opponents worth killing in mm. in, in uh, Galactic Civilizations. Uh, but Paul, thanks so much for spending your afternoon with us and uh, talking us through the alpha. All right, it was fun. And as always, our thanks to our producer, Michael Hermes, and my thanks to everyone who's sort of been covering my, uh, you know, covering for me this this last week uh, as I deal with some stuff here at home. Uh, it's not been easy making sure this train runs at all uh, this month, but I'm glad we're managing to at least hit a few of our station stops, uh, tardy or not. Uh, so we'll be back next week with some sort of topic, I'm sure, and hopefully there will be no, hopefully I will not be like, you know casting from a hospital bed next week but uh given the way this month has gone who can say but until then this has been three moves ahead and thanks for sticking with us good night good night